0: Okay, so hi everyone, welcome back to our second part of the Treasure Island this podcast with our four guests from the University of Liverpool. Last time we talked about students' light bulb moment, and uh, today we will be discussing how we might preserve and sustain these moments in the current situation as we prepare for the autumn semester in a likelihood of socially distanced campus, and. Um, just to, to remind people from our last discussion, can you briefly just introduce your name, your discipline, and what items you have suggested to take to your treasure island with the students?
1: So, um, Stuart Wilkes Haig from the Department of Politics, and I've decided to take my homemade swingometer, which is essentially a, a chalkboard um, with a white arrow that I can move into different positions.
2: I'm Anna O'Connor from Orthoptics and I just, I wanted to take some eye animations and, and I, a model eyeball so I can
3: show different uh, yeah, aspects, movements. My name's James Gaynor from the Department of Chemistry. Um, I will take a chemistry lab.
4: And, and uh, no doubt within James's chemistry lab, there would be what I'm taking, which is a very large whiteboard uh, with infinite supply of marker pens in lots of different colours. Excellent. So I think you you talked about teaching props
0: and we also talked about before about spaces and spaces we create for students to learn and different strategies. Last time you talked about active learning, e- enabling students to look at things from different perspective, uh, creating and uh, making learning fun and exciting and engaging. So yeah. can, Can I ask you now to consider how and based on your light bulb moments as well that you discussed last time of how how you might take some of those ideas how might next semester look like for you in in the situation so I'm just opening up the discussion please feel free to talk to each other as well and ask questions or you know perhaps argue with each other of what's important what's not important and what things you consider what are the challenges that we are facing and you are all facing or the students might be facing
1: well I'm, I'm happy to carry on going first if nobody else minds um but so i run a big first year module um on british politics and we had to shift online as we know um and i did quite a lot of things to try and facilitate the online uh, learning this semester, um, really sort of heavily scaffolding, really, the the content that I was putting online and so on. And I've, I've run a module evaluation, even though they were cancelled uh, in most schools, um, just to see how the students felt about it and how it compared to last year. And overall, they're very happy. But what they clearly missed was some form of real engagement, some way of really talking about the, the subject material. So what I'd really like if we just have one hour a week with the students, um, I can see all of the kind of benefits and virtues to a lot of online content but I'd really like to use those times to really bring them in and really allow them to talk about what their learning journey is, what their progress is, what they're what finding works for them, what they're struggling with and to just spin off from that and you know talk about whatever they want to about the material really to really provide that uh, engagement so in some ways it would be a kind of extension of the of the radio show but it wouldn't be a live broadcast and and so on but it would be a lot more, more free form all of the online stuff very very heavily structured um but those classrooms really quite open and liberal and much more of an uh, of an exchange of experience and and ideas
0: mm-hmm yeah, what about the others? Have you had similar experiences as Stuart? Well, we we keep talking about this engagement and
2: interaction and and I think by putting a lot of content online, that, that's the key thing we're missing. And it's trying to replicate that. And we talked previously about sort of sessions being run synchronously or asynchronously and the need for both, I think, because what Stuart's just describing is, you know, having at least you know, sort of some aspect of, of um, face-to-face online um and I think it's just that engagement and, and ensuring you know just giving the opportunity that's the challenge I think and a lot of the content exists already for the online material um you know and, and like we've got all the animations that we but we used to use computer labs how are we going to then you know so then one of us would be there in person going well oh, why have you pressed that what what happens there and they can ask questions and you know they can do it themselves or it's just that how do we ensure that that support is provided online? And I, and I think that's sort of the biggest challenge we're all facing. I don't think I've got lots of answers. I think having that opportunity, and I think what Stuart's just said, having a weekly, you know, catch up, a, a session, so at least you're going. Look, we're here. Talk to us, please. You know, what, what don't you understand? What can, you know, we want to help. How can we help you? Because I did actually have a session a few weeks ago, and I, and some of the students have been hesitant put the webcams on and I said please put your cameras on and I could see them sitting there going you know pulling that that face the kind of I'm really not getting this you know, so the words it was it was the nonverbal I needed that and I'm going you're just not getting this are you right let's go back to basics let's and afterwards like ah they had a light bulb moment but I wouldn't have gone back over that if all I got was their audio. I you know so I don't know how others feel about sort of the online content and the delivery. I'm just interested to hear other people's
4: perspectives I think what's clear is that online synchronous sessions are there for different things from mm-hmm. what perhaps we use being in the same space as students with normally are for um, so the, the point about as, as, as you say about being in the same space for them is not necessarily that a lot of teaching is going to go on then But a lot of communication is going to go on then, which builds up the possibility for students then to talk to each other more effectively, as well as to talk to us more effectively. And and we know that some students, for for reasons to do with technology or to do with what else is going on in their lives, can't necessarily attend regular synchronous sessions. So a lot of the teaching needs to take place asynchronously, um, as it always does. one of the one of the sessions I attended recently was talking about how, particularly when we're teaching online, we need to make time for kindness, just simply for kindness, for community, for the, the kind of things that would normally happen in the conversations outside the classroom. We need to make space for those to happen. And and so if we can make those fun, and if we can make them about asking questions and about having fun together, which is something that we've already been talking about then then that's an important part of the learning process even if at the end you can't tick to say this learning outcome was necessarily reached in that session. Mm.
0: So Diana how, how, how do you think we can make those kindness moments happen because one of the things I also miss from the campus you know is the lingering behind in meetings has such an important role even if you know I obviously liaise mainly with staff but just that you know, before and after events and meetings and teaching sessions that they have a really important role. This is when students, I guess, can ask questions, can relay insecurities or confirm things. And so it's interesting that you pointed that out the kindness. I just wonder how you have, fa- have you found ways
4: to make that happen online or? In other ways, Um, well, I mean, the session that I attended um, emphasized the importance of making space specifically to encourage people to talk about insecurities. But my own experience has been that if you try to do that, even in the normal size seminar group, people aren't comfortable about doing that. Um, Whereas in breakout groups, even when people are with people they don't know very well, as long Mm -hmm. as they know the breakout group is going to be a fairly short period of time um they tend to um tend to be comfortable talking to each other and and um and we know normally if you ask students to talk about something in groups um that that fairly rapidly they will end up talking about what they saw on television last night or the football (laughs) um whatever they're supposed to be talking about and normally if you're in the same room as them then if you catch their eye, then they stop it. Um, But I think in this case, what we need to do is is not to to give the sense that we're going to intervene, to actually not try to police what people do in breakout groups Um, and and, and allow those relationships Mm -hmm. to develop. But then what I do think is important for active learning is that then we build on the relationships of trust that are then developing through that to begin to move towards peer assessed learning and, and peer assessment, it's not peer peer-assisted learning and, and peer assessment, so so that there's much more going on when we're not actually there. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah,
0: I think that they are really yeah really important points. I think I've heard other people talk about peer-assisted learning as well. That can have a really important academic and social elements as well and opportunities for that. Don't know other thoughts on experiences?
3: For, for, from my perspective, whilst I agree um, you know, with everything, getting students to think, um, being a, a kind face for them to talk to, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, we, we're also quite restricted by our accreditation in that our lab skills still need to be done. And there are... I can show someone how to run um, something called the TLC. I can demonstrate how to do it, but it's not the same as them actually using their hands to manipulate the equipment needed to do it. Um, so, whilst I think it was Stuart that said that you know the free, the face-to-face stuff will be quite free-form and discursive, um, and online will be more structured. In a way, if we only had to pick one thing. It would be the flip of that for us really because we'd want the labs to be more structured um we i i hope the plan is that we're going to have a bit of both um but the priority has to be labs i think just as a as a hands-on subject that is the that is the priority for us um but we need to make sure all the other things um are are there and we need to make sure that the time in the lab is quality time um you know if they're in for six hours you know they're doing very things for those six hours in a quality way um some of the other wider thinking that i advocated earlier about um you know critiquing the scripts and things that can all come beforehand that do, that doesn't take place in the lab in the lab is doing the skills that they can't do at home um is, is from is the perspective that we have to take i'm sure other practical based subjects would have to take a similar line i guess as well
2: well i can certainly say in health sciences so in orthopedics yeah. that's the t- that's we're now planning for like say more of the thinking more of the you know really kind of as much as we can in advance of the session. So for maximising that time within, uh, you know, our um, yeah. clinical labs. You know, so when they're doing the eye test, they're like, well, I, I've already seen the video on this. I've already gone through the step-by-step instructions. I've already done a little quiz online to check my understanding. I've already yeah. asked all my questions. I can go in and, you know, because, you know, we'll have to have you know, potentially um, less students in one space, Absolutely. socially distancing. So you can't you, you can't have one member of staff teaching you know x amount it will have multiple staff again it's all these sort of the practical implications you have to maximize that time you know face to face so completely with you on that one
0: that's interesting in terms of practice based and clinical to some extent the differences in terms of of your experiences the last time we talked a little bit about students experiences and how they you know the kind of supports they needed in the remote teaching what what are those aspects that you're considering now for the for the next semester in in a sense some some students might be in a similar situation some students might be uh hopefully can come back to Liverpool. So what are what what sort of things are you considering from a from a student's perspective as you're designing for next year?
4: I think yeah. the
0: challenge is with we're, we're still it's up in the air.
4: Yeah. Like
2: James, the practical stuff is gonna dictate everything uh, else. And mm-hmm. until we know when it's safe and appropriate to be able to get into the labs and how that's going to look, then yeah. that informs the other stuff so we're trying to sort of prepare as much as we can and so yeah. i think the assessment stuff that we did online we're like oh that was a bit scary to start with but actually it, it you know we did okay so maybe yeah we'll we'll, we'll certainly take some things from it and mm-hmm. it's, i think we, maybe we've just been too scared about got, oh, we, we need to make sure that everyone's got reliable technology we've got to have this and we've got to have that. and
3: and it's like oh it's too you know dodgy but it worked So
0: Mm -hmm. that was going to be my, sorry, James, go on. No,
3: it's fine. Just linking back to something Stuart said in the the last session was, um, you know, in in a way that the the act of making the podcast is the most important thing. Um, The actual content's kind of irrelevant. Um, So the, from a perspective of what can we do online, um, a lot of the skills like planning experiments and um, can all be done and, and all the skills that are around that it doesn't matter really what the chemistry is, on the, or what we're talking about, what they could do in the lab. It's all the planning aspect and the discursion, and the group work. Um, so that's kind of that's the approach that I'm trying to take. Um, mm-hmm. Which so so again to come back to the point of Anna's is everything in the lab is practical skills learning. All the other all the other kind of I hate the term softer skills, but all the other type of skills and design-based skills can come offline
0: mm-hmm. or online. Right. Yeah. So in a in a sense, are you? sensing anything from having reflected and what you are thinking now of anything that you might do less of or more
4: of as a result of this period? But we may probably do more smaller assessment um, because that's, that's really important to keep people engaged and for them to feel that they are engaged. Um, and I think it's a good in itself anyway, actually. Um, The the problem is how to do it in a way that isn't workload heavy. I mean, there are two two approaches to online teaching. One is that you give the students everything as a kind of um, read this, think that, um, watch this, do this exercise. And then the actual teaching takes place with how students respond to that in assessment. So you have little and often assessment and the real teaching takes place in the feedback on the assessment. And then there's another way of looking at it, which is that the real teaching takes place with what you're asking them to do and um, and the sessions and the things that they do together and collectively. Um, And I think we're we're heading more towards the latter. Um, But I do think we have to really think about how we design those activities so that they have some kind of assessment at the end of them, even if the teaching takes place through the doing of them rather than through the feedback. Um, and uh, and and so I think we're dividing everything up into much, much smaller chunks. And that's a lot of work, but I, I do think ultimately it leads to a better pedagogy, not least because each time it's asking students to do those things we've said are important, which is to think for themselves. James, you said something about continuous assessment,
0: and is this something that resonates? Is this something you're already doing in chemistry, for
3: instance? Um, yeah. we. we it, particularly for lab-based courses that they're, they're being assessed every week pretty much and um you know we have pre-lab assessments before they can come in we just have to work with them more and be more r- rigorous in a way we're quite rigorous anyway um but it would be that would be the a big rather than that being a barrier to getting into the lab that would be the learning activity itself um kind of you know so yeah we we this is kind of the plan um that we're going to have more shorter assessments i think in chemistry um and the other than roughly knowing when when that would occur the specifics that diana has been suggesting we we're, we're still discussing
1: so one of the things actually i want to be doing more curiously is a lot of thinking about what our pedagogy really was when we could be on campus and teach students what it was we were doing and why we were doing it which often we don't reflect on very much we, we just teach because that's how we were taught and that's how everybody else teaches and we assess in certain ways just because we've just kind of absorbed it by osmosis or something um and those things are quite hard to carry over into online learning and we can have a debate about whether we should or not um but um last week i did a. Uh, Uh, this kind of spontaneous Twitter poll because I saw this thing you know somebody very senior in uh, in universities actually had said students don't want lectures anyway we should bin them anyway and I thought no I'm not sure that's right actually Um, I think there are students who like lectures so I did this poll it got 500 responses which is pretty good you know if you've ever been to university what were your wow what were your wow moments at university where did they happen were they in lectures were they in seminars small groups were they private study reading or were they you know in sort of informal conversations in the bar or the cafe or whatever. And it's very interesting because the responses were pretty evenly split between lectures, seminars, and private study. And um, the informal stuff with peers was, was smaller. But in the discussion, there was a lot of talk about the interplay between those things. Um, which is something we don't look about and, and importantly all of those things happen in particular types of physical spaces whether it is the bar whether it is the seminar room where it's the library the lecture hall um, and so recreating those kind of environments online and then getting the interplay between them among students and staff is is, is virtually impossible actually so if we want to retain some of that OK, I mean, I can scaffold learning online. I can have lots of ongoing assessments. I can make it clear to the students what they need to know, when they're going to be tested, what they'll be tested on, what their progress is. But to get all of those other ingredients of higher education in is challenging. I haven't got the answer, but I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot.
4: Yeah, I'm actually running a workshop for my colleagues on Friday where what I, I want them to do is, uh, with something fun, you know, a cartoon or something, um, to, to feel the difference between being shown something and then told what to think about it, being shown something and then asked questions, and being shown something and then being given guided tasks, uh, just so that my colleagues can feel the difference between those different ways of learning and moving towards more and more active learning. Um I don't know how well it will work, but it seemed to me that was the quickest way to get them to actually think about and reflect on 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 how we teach, so that they can be a little bit more informed about thinking about how they plan what to do in the future. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I don't know whether there is a closing
0: thought, Stuart. I could take your idea that um, you were you were suggesting to reflect on on our pedagogy, and perhaps uh, can you add? A, and a, f- a final thought snippets of of your reflections on on this as as we are in this threshold space in a sense. And well, then... well, I've
1: got lots of reflections on it, but I'll just uh, I'll just say one because um, I'm curious about it. I've started to think a lot about the extent to which the way we all teach is shaped by our own experience of learning. So, I mean, we all learn differently and, and so on. But those of us who thought as a, as a student that lectures were absolutely great and they loved, you know, particular lecturers, maybe we've carried that over into the way we teach and and so on. And we probably need to really ask ourselves those questions a lot more if the ways that we learnt aren't possible at least in the short term we need to maybe you know expose ourselves to other forms of of learning i mean i don't know how many of us have ever done an online course um actually it was for me when i did an online statistics course that again bold moments that's when i realized actually that there's great virtues to forms of online learning Mm -hmm. And that's where I overcame my scepticism, but it was only because I took the plunge and did an online online course that I realised. So maybe we just need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones a little bit more.
0: That's brilliant. I I guess actually that's one of my top suggestions for people is to do an online course before, you know, just because experiencing as a a student, there's nothing better than than being able to then have, have that knowledge.
4: Main thing I learned from doing online courses that I took into my teaching when I was teaching online for the Open University was nobody knows whether you're listening or not. Nobody knows whether you've gone away to do something else, make a cup of tea or something, and it's really hard not to go away and make a cup of tea um, when unless it's really engaged and exciting what's happening online. Um, so that was very much an experiential learning that completely affected how I teach when I teach online.
0: I mean, that's exactly what Anna said earlier about asking students to switch on the camera. So at least you have some verbal, non-verbal clues. <laughs> OK, that's
2: great. Thank you, Diana. Well, I just hope we can continue these sorts of discussions as well and things like the Learning and Teaching Conference. We're all learning right now and we're all trying to figure out what works. We've got to and sometimes you can get overtaken by your own. We've well, got to get this sorted. This needs doing. you know, and actually having a have the opportunity to go hang on is this the right thing to do is this the best way what what else is out there because like when i was saying about the animations earlier i found out about that through the learning teaching conference and it's brilliant the students love it yeah i love it and so it's having those opportunities to kind of go oh i didn't know that existed oh wow we can do what you you know so it's for us Mm -hmm. to keep learning Mm.
0: Brilliant, and I haven't planted you at all. This was completely because our conference is coming up, so I'm sure we will advertise it in a link. Uh, Yeah, so thanks, Anna, for that.
3: I guess we're all going to be engaged with our own CPD quite a lot over the next uh, three months, I guess.
0: And I think I really like, Diana, your idea of exposing uh, people, yeah. tutors, lecturers so different ways of learning and kind of links with your, your idea about, uh, you know, what do you know and how you've learned and whether you can be challenged to to experience other, other things. And I think your Twitter poll, which I also completed, does make that point very well, the results that people learn in different ways at different times and in different combinations. So I think that's so useful. I don't have any wisdom to add to your amazing contributions, apart from just saying, I really, really enjoyed visiting your treasure islands. And I hope we can come together in archipelago. I don't I can't pronounce that word. Someone help me.
1: Archipelago. archipelago
0: yeah of islands and have some really lots of light bulb experiences with students and and with with each other as well so thank you so much for your coming and contributing take care
1: thank you thank you